Good morning. It's a great privilege to be with you this morning. I am uh, nearly 43 years old now, which is a little bit disappointing when I say that out loud. But I uh, share that with you because those first 20 years or so were actually spent growing up here in, growing up here in Bournemouth. Bournemouth is my hometown. And its family, or this church family, is actually part of my history. I was part of this family from the age of 16 through to about 21. And I want to say to you now, this family did me a lot of good, which personally makes today a little bit more special. I got married to my beautiful wife, Jo, at the age of 20. We celebrate being married for 23 years in October. So, yeah, that's all. I like a woo. All right, it's good. She's my best friend and teammate, and I love doing life with her. And we have two wonderful kids who, uh, uh, for, for embarrassment reasons, are actually sat at the back. <laughs> Maya and Ben here with me today. And I just, before anything else, I want to completely state the obvious. I love Jesus. I live for him. I love my family. I live for them. And I love the church. And I love the mission of the church. And my aspiration really is to try and just be faithful with what God has entrusted me with. When Joe and I, when we got married, actually triggered an adventure for us that led us a little bit north. So we live in the town of Fordingbridge, which is only a 25-minute drive up, to, uh, up the A338. So if you've hit Salisbury, by the way, you've gone too far. You need to reverse, go backwards. And God has really given us a heart to serve the local church and really the lost in smaller rural communities. I have the privilege of leading that team that oversees New Life Community Church. We are one church family that meets across multiple locations, as Sean said, currently in Wimborne and Fornham Bridge, and technically Verwood, although we're launching Verwood and Downton afresh in September. It's an exciting time for us as a church family, and so we all just want to say so grateful to God for the way that he's going before us. It's lots of hard work, but it's totally worth it. And I'm pleased to take this moment, really, and wave the flag for what God is doing in rural communities. But I also want to say to you, I know it's an exciting time for you as a church family, even just watching the video there, that God is blessing and adding and saving and moving you to catch a bigger vision for what he's going to do through you as a church family across this town and beyond. So once again, you know, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for having me to be preaching the word in this season for you as a church family. So let's get to it. Okay. Right. One of my favorite family films of all time is a comedy called Despicable Me. Raise your hand if you've seen Despicable Me. That's awesome. That's good. The main character, Gru, he aspires to be the greatest villain of all time. And when, in one of the opening scenes of that film, to help us understand his appetite for villainy, Gru comes across a young child who's just dropped his ice cream and is very upset. Now, in what seems to be a bid to make the child's day a bit brighter, Gru, he pulls out a balloon. And he fashions a balloon animal for the child. And in a moment, happiness is restored. 
and the young boy is filled with genuine joy until, pop, the balloon explodes over the boy's face, leaving him in complete shock, and standing next to him is Gru, with a glistening sharp pin in hand, and a happy face with the success of ruining this child's day. Now, I've used that illustration really to share something of that Sunday to Monday feeling. Does everyone know what I'm talking about? Sunday to Monday feeling. That Sundays for us as Christians can bring us to that place of genuine joy, you know, with great feelings of elation. Great to be worshiping with you this morning. That we remember in these moments when we gather together that all things are possible through God. Amen? That's not just a positivity thing, you know, it's deeply connected to us being in the presence of God, knowing the power of God whilst being with the people of God. However, equally, in just another moment, Monday arrives. And we move from that feeling of elation to possibly disappointment and frustration. And it can feel as if someone has come along and popped our balloon animal. So I want to encourage you to bear that picture in mind as we look through our text this morning. There's a few bits for us to learn, and we'll address several questions of the text as we work through it, but primarily I would like to demonstrate two very important principles. Firstly, that Sundays are significant days. This is what we were made for. And Mondays are also significant days because this is what we are called to So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be rooted in Mark chapter 9, which if you are a visiting preacher anywhere, I probably don't recommend going to this text. Mark chapter 9, verses 14 to 29, and you'll understand why. Okay. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him, that is Jesus. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him... It throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, Oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. Lord God, I pray that, Father, it would bury deep within us, Lord God, and do us good 
and carry us through for the week ahead, Lord God. Let it just bring us that step further in our relationship with you to the glory of your name. Amen. So from Sunday to Monday is the type of feeling that you get when you read this passage of scripture, and probably a bit of context may help us understand. So a few weeks ago, I had a privilege of preaching on the transfiguration of Jesus, where something of the glory of Jesus is revealed on Mount Hermon. And these three guys, Peter, James, and John, the three disciples of Jesus, they get to witness this event. Now, this extraordinary mountaintop event has just happened before Jesus returns back to ground level and enters the scene of the text that we have just read. And he arrives only to discover that the rest of the disciples have gathered quite a crowd and they're arguing with the scribes. In the transfiguration preach, we looked at this mountaintop experience in parallel with another one that we find in the book of Exodus. Now, both of these mountain moments have shared similarities and distinct differences. And they are there to intentionally show the disciples then and to us today the difference that Jesus makes to the story. On one hand, 1,400 years before the transfiguration, we have a guy called Moses. He's ascended a mountain to be in the presence of God. And God himself has descended upon Mount Sinai in the form of a cloud. It is here that God speaks gives instruction to Moses regarding the people of Israel and the glory of God, it radiates from the face of Moses. On the other hand, 1,400 years later, we have Jesus who has also ascended and led his disciples up a mountain where the presence of God descends like a cloud and affirms Jesus before the disciples in the company of Moses and Elijah. And they witness how about everything, everything about Jesus radiates God's glory. Now, in exploring these two parallels, there are actually many beautiful ways in which the scripture seeks to show us how Jesus brings something better to the table. But for our benefit, in order to explore the text that we've just read, we're going to major on two things. Firstly, the glory of the moment of the mountain. For Moses, for Jesus, And for the disciples, it was the time where the people of God were gathered in the presence of God. This was the place where God spoke, where he taught, where he revealed himself, and where the disciples were invited to see. And it was both kind of incredible and terrifying. Secondly, the disappointment when leaving the mountain. When Moses descended, he discovered the people of Israel had been impatient and fashioned for themselves another God that they could worship, one made with human hands. And so Moses comes straight out of this mountaintop experience with God into a whole host of challenges with people and with life. He goes from a Sunday to a Monday. And something similar happens to Jesus. He descends the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and he meets up with the rest of the disciples, and he discovers that they have been arguing. And at the center of this argument is a young boy, a young boy who's been heavily affected by an evil spirit since his childhood. Now, the disciples have attempted to cast the spirit out that the boy may be set free and healed, but they've been unsuccessful. 
And on descending from the mountain, and upon hearing this, Jesus lets out this cry, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Now, you might not be crying out, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? But have you ever gone from a super Sunday into a Monday and just thought, what have I just walked into? Why did Monday have to happen? If I could just wind back time, go back to Sunday, that would be, that would be great. I think there is a great truth, actually, that Mondays really help us to understand how significant Sundays are. For every Christian, you know, Sundays are our key mountaintop moment. The people of God in the presence of God. This is the place where God speaks, the place where God instructs, the place where God reveals himself to us. Now, it's not as if God doesn't do that on a Monday, but where the church gathers together, it's here that God commands his blessing. It's here that through his body of believers, the church, that God builds us up. It's here that we're reminded of the love of God for us, and with thankful hearts, we pour ourselves out in worship to him. Monday can't compare to that. And where on Sunday we might catch a glimpse of heaven, on Monday we're still reminded that we're here on earth. So Jesus descends the mountain into the argument and issues of faith, which doesn't sound too exciting. But for many of us, going from that Sunday feeling into a Monday feeling actually is also very real and true of our current experience. However, with that in mind, I want to share with you the big headline from all of this. You were made for Sundays, but you are called to Mondays. I have a particular favorite spot for walking the dog at the moment. We have a big dog, Fimarana, good lad. I jump in the car take five-minute drive, and I hop out with the dog to enter this huge farmer's field. This is the benefit, by the way, of living in rural community. I mean, we get farmer's fields to walk in. It's very scenic. It's very quiet. And no, it's also where no one else ever walks their dog. 99% of the time, it's just me and him. I take my book. I read whilst I walk, and the dog does his thing. And every now and then, you know, I just, I stop. I get my head up, I take a deep breath, and I exhale and I soak in my surroundings. And I'm just like, yeah, this is what I was made for. This is my Eden moment, walking in the good of God's creation, in his presence, chatting with him, reading about stuff that helps me understand more about him giving thanks to him, asking him. I think the only thing that I'm really missing to make it complete is good company. God made us to be in good company with him and to be in good company with others and to be good stewards of his creation. That is the picture of the Garden of Eden. We are made to be in God's presence with God's people and to be stewards of God's creation. And the Hebrew writer encourages the church to not neglect meeting together. When we gather on Sundays in unity as God's people, it is here that God commands his blessing. It is here that we capture something 
through Jesus that brings us back to God's original intention. These mountaintop Sundays should give us a glimpse of Eden. People in good company with God and with one another, faithfully stewarding all that he has. Walking with him, in conversation with him, and in team together. But not only do Sundays invite us to catch a glimpse of what could have been, they also point us forward to catch a glimpse of what it will be. The hope that we have secured through Jesus. And I'm just going to read to you briefly from Revelation 21. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. So it is here that we truly begin to see that we are part of something so much bigger when we come together in worship, in adoration, in thanksgiving. We join with the myriads of angels and the heavenly creatures who give honor again and again and again to him who is seated on the throne of thrones because he is the king of kings. Oh, what would it have been to be in the Garden of Eden? But oh, how much more do we have to look forward to through the saving work of Jesus? Of course, I am giving the headlines to what Sundays do. There's, there's a lot happens when we gather together on Sunday. But in the big picture, they should beautifully point us back to God's original intention and also equally point us forward to our future destination. There's something that we have. There's something greater that we have in Jesus. Sundays, they do also something else, and it's a critical, critical part of the church gathering together. Sundays, they equip us for Mondays. Sundays are like the story of the widow and her son in the book of 1 Kings 17. In one moment, a widow gives out of the very last bit of food that she has for her and her son. It's her last meal, and she gives it out of faithful obedience to God. And in response, God pours out this lavish provision for her, for her and her son for many days to come after. They lack nothing. So when it comes to Sundays, we in a similar way, we give out of what we have, our thanksgiving, our service, our praise, our love, first to God and then to each other. And it's here in God's grace that he lavishly fuels us and provides for us all that we need for the days to come. Why does he do that? Why is he concerned with fueling us and equipping us for the days ahead? Because whilst Sundays are great, we are called to Mondays. One day for every follower of Jesus, there will be a day when every day is a Sunday. And I don't mean a day that consists of a roast dinner, afternoon sport and a nap. That's my Sunday, by the way. 
I'm talking about the people of God in the presence of God in good company with him and one another, stewarding the creation of God in a way that is so much more than Eden through the work of Jesus. But until that day, we have a mission. We have been called to go out into the world and to be bearers of good news to all people, to represent Jesus, to be his ambassadors, to be light in dark places, and to share through word and deed this incredible gift of hope that he offers, to be lovers of the poor, to be an advocate for those who need help, to share this invitation to the mountain that only comes through Jesus. Church family, Sundays are important as in the sense that they should be an absolute haven for believers. And if you're here this morning and you don't really know anything about Jesus, you should be able to walk into a place like this with a church family and discover a glimpse of Eden. But the part of the purpose of Sundays is to prepare us for Mondays. The disciples were not to remain in Jerusalem. They were to go out further afield to the ends of the earth with the gospel. And as they went out from their gathering, they encountered challenge after challenge, persecution, suffering, imprisonment, all sorts of family life challenges awaited them as they headed into Monday. But they also saw tremendous breakthrough and transformation and healing and many, many people receiving Jesus Christ as their saviour and for the first time being welcomed in to experience the blessing of Sundays. So, as much as we might not like Mondays, we are called to go into it, knowing that as we give ourselves to Sundays, God will graciously fuel and equip us for other days. Because until the day that Jesus returns, we are not meant to remain here, but we're called to go out there. To be in the world, not of the world. There's a community, you know, for, for us it's Wimborne and Verwood and Fordham Bridge and Downton. For you guys, there's a community reach here in Bournemouth, a community to reach in Southbourne. And I'm sure there's more communities for you guys to reach as well. There are a lot more people who need to know what Sunday is all about. And I appreciate that's not easy. That genuinely Monday and every day outside of these mountaintop moments with God and his people can actually be really challenging. Even at times, even at times, God's people can be challenging. Can I get an amen? All right. It's not just the world that needs us. We need to one another. We need to be one anothering and supporting each other into a place of maturity that help us to stand on our own two feet with Jesus. Roots deep, planted like oats of righteousness, that when every wind or storm that represents a challenge in life comes, we might not be beaten about it, by it. We might, sorry, we might be beaten by it, beaten about by it, but we won't be moved by it. So here in the text that we uh, read, we are looking at a particular Monday for Jesus, okay? He has just come from a mountain moment where God has affirmed him once again as his beloved son. He's chatted with Moses and with Elijah. He's been talking strategy with them. This is pretty cool. The Greek used in that conversation is exodus. They were chatting about the way Jesus was going to rescue the people. 
He has had heavenly conversations. He's feeling affirmed, has clarity. The path is straight ahead before him. And boom, he descends from the mountain straight into a few challenges. The balloons popped. The elation quickly turns to frustration. And the Monday begins for Jesus, which includes issues of faith, issues of spirits, and issues of understandings. Now, what Jesus encounters actually and navigates are helpful for us to learn, to gain wisdom and understanding, and to help us increase in our grace and compassion. So we'll just briefly dig a little bit deeper into the text and take opportunity to learn for the way that Jesus handles his Monday, starting with issues of faith. The whole context surrounding this Sunday to Monday for Jesus are built around really seeing Jesus for who he is. Faith is connected to seeing. It's like putting on a pair of spiritual glasses and viewing everything in light of the difference Jesus makes. So upon reaching ground level, Jesus finds a whole host of people who are struggling to see something. And his heart cries out, Oh, faithless generation. Because the cry of Jesus throughout the surrounding chapters of this book are to see those who are faithless be faith-filled, to put on spiritual gla- those spiritual glasses and see him for who he really is. However, how, how Jesus reacts to the situation is important. He doesn't walk away from the situation. He doesn't run away. But he addresses the faith issue. He has a conversation with the father of the boy who's been heavily impacted by the work of an evil spirit. And he says to him, and really effectively to everyone else who is standing there, all things are possible for the one who believes. And that conversation is unpacked a little bit more in Matthew 17. Jesus says, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Which means if you can see just a smidgen of who Jesus is through your spiritual glasses, don't be surprised when you see incredible things happen. From these Sundays to Mondays, the disciples have been on a journey of faith with Jesus. Peter's a pretty good example of someone who has these smidgen moments, you know. A smidgen of faith sees Peter jump off the boat and walk on water. A smidgen of faith helps Peter see Jesus as the Christ. Seeing Jesus for who he is, even if he can only catch a glimpse, is enough to move mountains. I'm sure Jesus can be frustrated with us sometimes, but he doesn't walk away. However, he does want to lead and teach us what it is to be a faith-filled church. That's why Sundays are important, because they are an invitation for Jesus to the mountain, an invitation to receive a bigger revelation of Jesus and for those Sundays to fuel faith for Mondays. So we have issues of faith in the text. We also have issues of spirits and issues of understandings. Now, I don't think it's really necessary to major on those things today, but it might be just helpful to add a a couple of comments, okay? So probably a little bit of caution tape around this subject area of spirits, So we handle with that with care. The text helps us understand a few things about spiritual forces at work. One, the spirit is at work to bring harm to the boy. Two, the spirit is of a particular kind. And thirdly, the presence of Jesus 
triggers a reaction from the spirit. So the headlines are really that the boy is presenting symptoms that we would probably associate with a medical condition. We also understand, even within that context, that something more than that is happening. Something is working outside of the symptoms that we might expect. In addition to that, Genesis, in Genesis, the language of kinds is used to describe you know, different variations, groupings of like plant life, tree life, sea creatures, land creatures, etc. And this is the same language that Jesus is using to describe, to describe evil spirits. There are kinds which contain variations. In this case, a spirit that causes this boy to be deaf and to be mute. And this, of course, implies that there are other kinds of spirits, other varieties that will cause harm in different ways. So we learn from the text that there are different kinds of evil spirits at work. And lastly, this is probably something worth emphasizing. The presence presence of Jesus is enough. The presence of Jesus is enough to trigger the reaction. You don't really need to go around sniffing this kind of stuff out. In fact, there's actually very little that you have to do. If there is something supernatural happening that is counter to the activity of God, the presence of Jesus will be enough to draw it out. So regarding understanding then, faithlessness and the struggle to see Jesus for who he is is certainly a factor when it comes to navigating the situation with the evil spirit. But there's also understanding at work. Paul says that one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the ability to distinguish between spirits, which means having a greater understanding of the kind of spirit that is at work and with that also understanding something of the remedy to help restore the situation. It's like Jesus saying to the disciples, okay, level one, level one in spiritual warfare, guys, that starts with beginning to see me for who I am. Level two in spiritual warfare enables you to look a little bit more at the detail, and not everyone can do that. But there will be some whom the Holy Spirit determines who will be able to see and distinguish different kinds of spirits at work. So in other words, it's a faith moment and it's a gifting moment. In this case, the boy and his situation needed careful consideration. Jesus says to his disciples, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. So being faith-filled starts with beginning to see Jesus as he is. We also understand there are different kinds of evil spirits at work. We don't need to seek them out. The presence of Jesus will be enough. We do, however, need wisdom, careful consideration, and gifting at work that we don't wield the name of Jesus lightly, but seriously put it to use in times of need. That's quite a Monday, isn't it? Quite a Monday. And all of that, that we can learn from Jesus. He might be frustrated by it, but he doesn't shy away from engaging in it. He looks to get involved and to help others grow and navigate this life until the day that he returns. Okay, so we're going to draw it back to the bigger picture. Okay. So the thrill of a Sunday can soon be replaced by the thought of a Monday. It's amazing how quickly that balloon can be burst. And I do generally think a lot of that is connected with how that we are made for Sundays. These mountaintop moments in the presence of God with the people of God. Well, whilst we're still made for Sundays, we must remember that we are called to Mondays. The good news must go out Despite challenge, despite opposition, despite life and all that it brings, we have a calling to go out 
into the world. But that is also why Sundays are so significant, because they are there to equip us for Mondays. They are there to fuel us for the week ahead, that we, like Jesus, can head right into the arguments, right into the midst of the frontline action, knowing that God has lavishly provided all that we need to see us through. And it's not just about survival. It's about living for him, teaching others, showing compassion and grace. Maybe sometimes it will be frustration, but it is totally possible to show a holy frustration because at the heart, your desire is to see people grow in their faith, grow in the sight of Jesus and who he is, grow in their gifting and their wisdom and their conviction that all things are possible for those who believe. You were made for Sundays, but you're a people called to Mondays. Can I invite the worship team to come help us respond, please? Can I invite us to stand together as well as a church family? So I'd like to invite a response in three ways. Let's just take a moment to just fix our eyes on Jesus. And Lord, we just invite you even now, Lord, as we just want to bring a healthy response to your word. Would you come, soften our hearts, open our ears and our eyes to what your spirit is speaking to your church. And help us to be a people who are responding faithfully to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'd like to invite a response in three ways. Firstly, this is for those who want to experience Sundays for all they're worth. And what I mean by that is to really discover what it is to be in the presence of God with the people of God catching a greater glimpse of Jesus and all that starts with a response to an invitation that mountaintop moment from Jesus begins with him inviting three disciples to come with him and there is an invitation from Jesus especially for you this morning it's an invitation for you to trust him and to follow his lead And he will help you on a journey to understand the significance of Sunday for all it's worth. And the question for you this morning then is, will you accept that invitation to follow Jesus? Will you accept that invitation to follow Jesus? And as we we worship together, and if you are responding to that in particular, there is a... There's a prayer corner over here and I invite you to come respond and be faith-filled by responding going forward and speak to the guys over the prayer team. And secondly, 
you might struggle with Mondays. If you struggle with Mondays, this is the second grouping, okay? If you struggle with Mondays, even now, you might be thinking of tomorrow. And for whatever reason, that is causing anxiety to rise. Maybe it's work challenges. Maybe it's family challenges or any other life challenges. But specifically for you, as we respond in worship, I would like you to come to the prayer team in the corner here and be prayed for. There's a fantastic group of guys who want to be praying with you this morning. And as you respond, I would ask the team to just simply pray this, that God would here and now sufficiently equip and prepare you for Mondays. That God would here and now sufficiently equip and prepare you for Mondays. That in this moment on the mountain, you would see enough of Jesus today to help, you, to help see you through tomorrow. And lastly, this is more of a challenge for the Christians in the room that may move you to a place of response. And that challenge is built upon a question, one question repeated by several other questions. Why are you here? Why are you here? What is it that you've come to do? What is it that you've come to be part of on a Sunday? What is your expectation? Why are you here? Are you here because you want to be led by Jesus? That you want to see him for all that he is? That you want an opportunity to be shaped by him, to hear his voice, to be taught by him, and to be fueled and to be equipped? Do you come with ears ready to listen and eyes ready to see? Do you come like the widow, ready to give the portion of the portion you have left, knowing he is worthy of all of your all? And do you do it with confidence, knowing that in giving your all, God will lavishly provide you with all that you need? And in preparing, I felt God actually prompt me to say, these questions are not meant for harm, they are meant for your good, that it may redirect your attention to the things that matter most. You were made for Sundays and you are called to Mondays.